Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. We have a very special show here today, you know, and one of the things I love about this is um, every once in a while, I'm reminded of what it was like to be me uh, 10, 12 years ago, starting this show called Crust Busting. And being in front of people like Dr. James Twyman joining me here today. And, you know, the other part of that is I really have the same sort of surreal feeling as I did last week, as I did a year ago, as I did 15 years ago when this all started. Um, And I think it's because something my mom told me once about me. I am genuinely curious Um, I don't even know what I don't know about things, but I'm always in awe and I'm in awe of James joining me here today. Uh, I was in awe of Russell Wilson yesterday. I was in awe, but I will tell you that I turned the TV off and went to the grocery store when it went into overtime. So there's just a part of me that's still a little chicken just not wanting to see what's going to go down next. But in the end, what is it we say yes to in life? And when I think about that, I think about what we're about to do today and take this journey with James. And, you know, the journey today is brother, son, sister, moon, music, touring, and all of that means to me transformative party or parte depending upon who you're listening to and what you're listening to. But beyond that, um, you know, James doesn't know this, but he and I share a love, uh, quite similar love, probably from different origins, but we share a similar love for St. Francis. Uh, And mine had to do with an introduction in one of the programs that I engage in and understanding the power of prayer. But more than that, what is it about our lives that allow us to step forward? And in, in, in the case of James, right, Dr. James Twyman, in this case, is looking at who am I, if you want to figure that out, he's also known as jimmytwyman.com. You can find that out. But then there's this other side of creative genius that gets to emerge. Today, that creative genius is not just about the musical, but it's about the story that he's written to introduce us to the pathway of what many, many people would call, you know, this pathway for awe. And living in a life that is awe-filled 
is one where we look at the engagement of that we cannot see and yet understand the power and how a model for behavior and a model for living a great life could be. And that's what James is here to talk to us about today. And he's going to sing. And, you know, so this affinity for St. Francis of Assisi, for many of you, you know, or may know about who St. Francis is, but when someone like James Twyman shows up as a New York Times bestselling author, film producer, um, amazing individual who has been out in the world, you know, as a champion of peace, but peace through action. One of the things we know is that there are lessons to learn, but how about the lessons that we can learn and learn it in a really cool way from St. Francis? James, it's great to have you. Welcome today again. Thank you, Dr. Pat. It's so great to be here. So good to be back. You, you know, I want to I want to start out with a little different question. I commented before we actually went live. One of the things I commented about was I said, gosh, James, here we are. You know, we're still still doing it. You know, we're still out there. We're still growing and changing. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask you, you know, what is it for you? today that inspires you most about where you've been, where you are, and where you're going? Oh, great question. First of all, I'll say that in my life, it feels like I've come full circle. It was 25 years ago this year that an experience happened that set me on this course. So I'll tell you about that, and I'll tell you why it's all come back. So back in 1986, the Pope uh, Pope John Paul II called all the leaders of the different religions together in, of all places, Assisi, because St. Francis was the first great interreligious peacemaker. And we could talk about that because that, that was 800 years ago this year that that happened. But the Pope called all the leaders to Assisi, not to talk or discuss, but to simply pray together. So each one of them brought the peace prayer from their religion. So the Dalai Lama was there and all the other relig religious leaders. And a friend of mine, really by accident, happened to be there that day, and he brought the prayers back to the U.S. and just began sharing them. A friend of mine, a few years later, gave me that sheet of paper. And as I read each one of the prayers, beginning with the Hindu prayer and then the Buddhist prayer and the Muslim prayer, I literally heard music that I wasn't sure if it was coming from the next room or somewhere else, but I picked up my guitar and just began to play with what I was hearing. And it was like a miracle because within one hour, I'd put all 12 mu uh, prayers to music. And I decided that I'm the peace troubadour. I want to be like St. Francis, traveling around penniless, just sharing these prayers. And this would be my life. I was dedicated to this. And lo and behold, I began doing that. I, uh, I went to Bosnia, was the first place in Croatia during the Balkan War in 1995 and wrote my first book, Emissary of Light, which became a bestseller. And suddenly here I am no longer penniless, but you know, <laughs> doing some other really wonderful things. Well, now here I am 25 years later, going back to that original inspiration. Francis has always been there. And I'm sure you can relate to this, Pat. Yeah. Once Francis or Claire get their hooks in you, there's no letting go. <laughs> there is no letting go. And, and and you know, here's what it is. It's like, don't you find this interesting, though, when you take a look and you look back, right? It's like you, you have a moment of 
creative genius, what I call spiritual genius, where a light bulb goes on and you can pinpoint a moment in time where mm -hmm. something made you cry, where something got to you. And I could tell you the exact day of this. I could tell you this. You ready? Mm -hmm. December 11th, 1990 was the first time I heard in song version, Prayer of St. Francis. Oh. And just bawled my eyes out like a baby, wow. like a baby. Um, well, I have a very similar story with that prayer. Tell, tell me, tell me, because I, I have to admit, had no clue who St. Francis was, why I was reacting that way. Right. Uh, and it happened to be within a program that I was in. And since that point in time, it has become a staple. But what happened to you? Did you did you cry? No. Yeah. Well, first of all, being raised Catholic and having mystical experiences, I, I always thought that meant I was supposed to be a priest. So I, out of high school, I had a dear friend who was a Franciscan. So I entered the Franciscan order. I was only there for a couple of years, um, but it always stayed with me. And then it was in March of 1994, I was home at my family's house in Minnesota. And I was going through the drawers because if you go through my family's home, the stuff that was in my drawer 35 years ago is still in there. <laughs> it's never been cleaned up. <laughs> and so I'm going to the drawer and I see a little prayer card. Uh, on one side is a picture of St. Francis. On the other side was the prayer of St. Francis. And I thought, you know, I've never put this to music. I'm going to go and do that. And I went into the bathroom because that has the best acoustics. And I just took my guitar and, and it just, it was effortless. It was as if it was already written. And, and I realized this is the most beautiful prayer I've ever heard. And, and then it was the next day, maybe two days later, I can't remember, that my friend gave me those peace prayers that I ended up putting to music in one hour. But it began with the prayer of St. Francis. And if you want, I would be happy to actually share the, 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 that version. Like live right now? Sure, I'd be happy to. All right. Let's do it. In fact, this is the prayer. We're going to talk about this musical that I'm doing yep. based on the life of St. Francis, which is going to Broadway yep. uh, next year. And the, the whole musical opens with this prayer. And I want to just say to the producers, we're going to skip the break, folks. We're just going to listen to this. Okay, <laughs> okay so this is the prayer of St. Francis. <laughs> oh, Lord. me an instrument of your peace where there is hatred bring your love where there is injury pardon where there is doubt your faith and where there is despair bring your hope where there is darkness bring your light 
And where there is sadness, your joy. Divine Master, grant that we may not seek to be consoled as to No, James, I want to talk to you about this because it's hard to explain sometimes how beautiful that was. But one of the things I'm really struck by, especially in your upcoming book and some of the other things you're doing with this, the musical, you know, someone said to me once upon a time, the things in life will show up at exactly the right moment, that they will have the most impact and create the most powerful of conscious transformation. And you know, it's not a surprise to me that this would be the time for this, for this to come forward and you to be the person to bring it forward. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm one of these people and it's interesting because there are two words that I relate to for myself. Somebody asked me a question. If I could pick two words that could relate to my life, my life journey, where I was and where I am, uh, what are the two words? And I said, that's easy for me. Outraged and optimistic. That's me. <laughs> um, and what that simply means is I'm pulled to do things. What was it for you? What was pulling you forward to really take this message and bring this message globally? And I have to say through the arts, the book, the musical, through the arts, um, and the reason I love that you're doing it that way, because that is how messages thousands of years ago, you know, through music, through song, the legends were brought forth. But for you, I don't think there's any coincidence in the timing of this, do you? No, absolutely <laughs> not, especially in the state that the world is in, the state that our country is in. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's very similar, actually, to what was happening in the time of St. Francis 800 years ago. Of a lot of the same issues, 
in just different forms. So for me, uh, between the book and this musical, there were three things that, that triggered me. The first was every year I, I bring a group of people on what's called the Camino of St. Francis. Mm. And it's a, the, walking the ancient little paths and small dirt roads that Francis would have walked 800 years ago from town to town. We just returned a few weeks ago from the latest one. And the first time I did that, I had actually decided I was not going to write any more books. I'd written 15 at that point. And yeah. like, I don't, I don't want to write something unless I have something really to say, or unless something is knocking at the door of my heart to such a degree that I have to say it. So I was fine with that. But as I was walking the Camino, I started playing with this idea, a story about a woman named Anna and her walking the Camino and meeting this young Italian man named Giovanni and how he in a very beautiful way helps her to open her heart and heal her life as they walk to Assisi. And this story wouldn't leave me alone for several years. And I finally, about a year and a half ago, said, I've got to write this book. I have to. And so I began writing the book Giovanni and the Camino of St. Francis. And I was so in love with this story as I wrote it. In fact, I didn't even know what was going to happen. I knew how it began and I knew how it ended. Wow. But I didn't know anything in the middle. So I discovered it as I wrote it, almost as if St. Francis himself was, was whispering into my ear. So it really is a modern retelling of the story of St. Francis. So that was the first thing. The second thing was I uh, was watching something on Netflix and it inspired me to write this musical and to begin performing the one-man musical on the life of St. Francis called Brother, Son, Sister, Moon. Yeah. And it was a, a concert, a one-man Broadway show with Bruce Springsteen. Yes. <laughs> Did you see that? Yeah. This wonderful one-man Broadway show where he just told the stories of his life and would play Thunder Road and Born to Run and all these great songs acoustically. It was fabulous. And I'm thinking, St. Francis could do this. What if St. Francis told the story of his life in this way? So I began writing it. And, and then in the midst of that, I, I, heard, uh, I, I heard a quote um, from someone very unlikely. And that's what inspired me to go on this tour that we'll talk about on the way to New York. The quote basically is this. This person said, the revolution we started was needed, but it failed. It created more atrocities and it solved. What we really needed were 10 St. Francis of Assisi's. Can you guess who might've said that in the 20th century? No, I can't. A lot of people will say Gandhi or Dr. Uh or maybe John Lennon. No, no, I, I, am more thinking of like, or you, you know, for me, I'm a rock, I'm a rock kid. I went to Woodstock. I'm more thinking along those lines because yeah. I grew up in a generation where every song, James, every song yeah. had a meaning. It didn't matter. Some of the, some of the songs that if you ever listened to them, you'd be, you'd be blown away. Oh no, yeah. oh, I listened to them. Yeah, well, so it, tell it, me who it was. It's got to be a rocker. No, it was not. It okay. was Vladimir Lenin. Oh, gosh. Vladimir Lenin, the architect <laughs> yes. of the Russian Revolution said That's that. That's right. He's wow. Not, but he saw the power of someone who was completely 100% committed to peace. And he said, if we had 10 people like that in Russia, we wouldn't have needed a revolution. And I thought, okay, I'll be number 10. Who are the other nine? And so I said... 
on this, I, I don't want to just go to Broadway and stay in a hotel and do the normal thing. I want to do something like St. Francis would do it. So we're going to be, my, my friend Bill Free and I are going to be leaving from Portland, Oregon on January 4th. And, and we travel across the country, first down to California, then all the way across, penniless, with no idea how we're getting from place to place or where we're eating or where we're sleeping. And just in complete trust, like St. Francis would have had. And all the way, to, we're doing the, the, the musical along the way. And then when we get to New York, we'll be on Broadway or an off-Broadway venue for, for two weeks. And every day, we're going to be on the street passing out free passes to the homeless and inviting them to come and join us. Once again, this is what Francis would have done. And we're going to have a soup kitchen before the show starts where everyone, the people who bought tickets, people who came as our guests, will join in a meal and then hear Francis tell his story. So it was those three things, the, 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 the story of the book of Vladimir Lenin and Bruce Springsteen. Very strange combination. It is a wonderful combination, though, too, right? You know, when we think about our lives and we think about what calls us forward from a very, very deep place within us that may not make sense to those people that are out in the world that have a spectacular view of how, how history, how journeys, how spirituality should be, right? Oh, yeah. um, but that's not what true stories are made of. They're not made from that material, right? You know, the things that we remember intuitively, generationally, energetically, past lives-wise, right, mm -hmm. are, are that. You know, what I was struck by when you were just sharing that, I was like thinking to myself, James, James should take me, me with him. Because <laughs> I know what it's like to be homeless. I, I, I mean, I know what it's like. To, I was homeless at 17. So... I know what it's like to be homeless. I, I must say, though, I was in New York City, so you're never short of finding things to eat. But I know what it's like to be in a place where you're not thinking about, oh, my gosh, I'm going out for dinner. I need to take a shower. Or where's the product for my hair? Right? 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 I mean, these are the things that made Francis and Claire, by the way, we, we should talk about Claire a little bit. I have these yeah. little dolls as, as visual aids. We, I, yeah. I live in Mexico. We have a spiritual community here, and we have these beautiful Mexican women who make these dolls for us. And both Francis and Claire are so compelling for the reasons that you just mentioned, because they, they let go. Claire was the closest thing to royalty that they had in Assisi. She was of a royal Roman family. And Francis was the son of one of the richest men in Assisi. And they both gave up everything because they saw the valuelessness of just pursuing worldly possessions and all the things that their parents and families were pursuing. They wanted something that would last forever. And that's one of the reasons why 800 years later, we're still talking about them. And not just Catholics, people of every religion, uh, of every spiritual path. They, they love this guy. And oh, I should show you this as well because this is yeah. one of my this is one of my treasures. Um, in Catholicism, we have what are called relics. A first class relic is either a piece of bone, hair, or clothing of a saint. And in the very, very center of, of this little wow. tiny you can't really see it, but is a relic of from the habit of Saint Francis himself. <gasps> so I always have this to remind me, uh, right next to my little Oh, oh, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Francis doll. 
that for me to, to take what he did and bring it into a modern context, whether it be through the book, the musical, the tour, um, I tell you what, I'm having more fun than I've ever had in my whole life, Pat. There's no question about it. And, you know, it's really interesting because I want to talk to you when we come back from a break about this. Um, most people might look at us and say, you know, these two, they've got to be just about ready to kind of really walk off into the sunset of nothingness. Another word for like retirement. I don't even understand that word. Um, and you and I both are on the verge of doing something new. I mean, with us, we are getting ready to launch our own version of connecting people through technology. Uh, but more importantly, through the way people want to be connected, not through some ad that's going to slip in here in the middle of this as you're watching, but through what people want. When we come back, I want to talk about the musical. I want to talk about the book and the beauty of what you've written. It is just an incredible story. Mm. And more importantly, here's the question I want to ask everybody. How do you, how is it that a prayer of this nature might end up in one of the largest, massive, dis massively distributed books and programs on the planet. The 12-step programs of every, any kind of AA, NA, OA, all the A's. How did this prayer pop in to step 11? <laughs> Stay tuned. That and much more. We'll be right back with most incredible Dr. James Twyman. I'm Dr. Pat. We're going to tell you about the book and much more. Stay tuned. People often ask, what does it mean to thrive? On Thrive by Gen Radio, it means body confidence, mind fulfillment, and soul synchronicity. Create synchronicity with God and learn as Jen shares action steps and real stories that will inspire you to be unstoppable in fulfilling your purpose. Tune in live each Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com and visit JenniferZellup.com to thrive with Jen. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit JenRoyster.com for more information. Are you truly ready to experience overflow in every area of your life? Are you ready to go from limited to limitless? Imagine starting your week off with a deeper connection to the God consciousness. It's time for you to feel inspired, uplifted, and shifted. I invite you to join me, Tracy L, online or in person for our Soul Sundays. Start your week off feeling empowered and ready to serve and expand the miracles waiting for you. Has your buzz for life buzzed off? Feeling ignored, invisible, and wondering if this is really all there is? The years go by faster as we gain momentum. You're halfway there. Are you gathering speed or puttering out? Hit your stride for the liberating half of life. Comfortable in your skin? You can do better than that. 
Tune in to Discovering You Again Radio every fourth Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific as host Susan Axelrod encourages listeners to decide what they want, get inspired to action, and face challenges head on. Host Susan Axelrod pulls no punches, encouraging you to grab the brass ring and soar. For more information about Susan, go to www.whatwillyourlegacybe.com. Tap into the wisdom of animals, angels, and masters with Darcy Pariso on Animal Soul Wisdom Radio. Tune in monthly as Darcy brings insights on how to better understand and deepen our relationships with animals. Working with light and pureness of ancient techniques, Darcy, healer, animal communicator, and medium is here to guide you through this process and provide inspiration to move forward. For more information about working with Darcy, visit DarcyPariso.com. Thanks, Nathan. Thank you for that. Um, hey, everybody, welcome back. Uh, I want to just make sure everybody knows about three things. One, how you can engage and follow James as he goes on a fantastic journey. Uh, a little bit about the upcoming book that's coming out and also about the musical. What is the best way, James, for folks to find out all of that about you and then some? Probably the easiest way would be to go to Jimmy, J-I-M-M-Y, Twyman, T-W-Y-M-A-N.com, because there's a link that takes you to another site for the musical and everything else. So you'll see the musical right there at the very top, uh, and you can see the schedule, and you can see if we're coming to your city. Uh, we're we're going to be starting in Portland on Portland. January 4th and going to Santa Barbara, Phoenix, Sedona, Santa Fe, Taos, Kansas City, St. Louis, Peoria. Wow. Uh, remind me to tell you about Peoria, Chicago, Cleveland, Philadelphia, Massachusetts, and then New York. So if we're going to any of those places, we would love to have you come and, and see the musical. Or how long, it, York, how long is the journey? Because I want to be in the new, I want to be at New York. How long, how long is this going to evolve? Well, the, the New York uh, event is um, from uh, uh, February 10th to March 1st. So we'll be, I'll be traveling across the country that entire six weeks or so, and then landing in New York right before the 20th. And um, something you may like, it, I, we're putting out word that anyone who wants to be on the stage with me can be, all they need to do is to go out and find, you can find this very easily online, either a, like a monk outfit, like a friar outfit, oh. or a nun outfit. And you can be right there on the stage singing along with me. Easy. Why is that? Because during the break, I was telling you about being homeless, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll have to dig this out of storage. I don't know if I still have it, but I'm going to look. So one of the things I did was I'm dirty. I have no clothes. So back in the day, who were on the street corners with tambourines? <laughs> Hare Krishna. Oh, Hare Krishna's. Okay. Ah, yeah. I don't <laughs> know if I still have my outfit, but if I do, I'm all in. I would love to do that. Uh, tell me about Peoria, please. Okay. Tell me. Well, when I was young, our family moved around a lot. I went to three, to three different high schools in three different states. And for about three years from the time I was in seventh grade, no, yeah, seventh grade till sophomore year in high school, we were in central Illinois. And, and so we left and went to Michigan, but I, I always loved the parish that we were at. I loved that area. And then about two weeks ago, I get a phone call from the pastor of a church called Holy Family in Peoria. 
saying that he had read Giovanni, he loved that book, and he heard about the musical and saw that I was going from St. Louis to Chicago. And he, and he said, the Franciscans took over this parish 40 years ago. We're celebrating that. We would love to have you come and share the musical for our 40th anniversary. It was my church. It was the church that I graduated from high school, from grade school, was confirmed, was an altar boy, all of it. And I couldn't believe it. So I'll be going back to my home parish in Peoria, so many other amazing places. We'll be at Unity Village and outside Kansas City and many, many other great, and all on our way to New York to do this as an off-Broadway show for two weeks. You know, um, you and I were talking during a break and then we were talking before the show. And it's hard to explain to folks, but I, but I want to say it, and then maybe you can help me out with this. Um, I know that the journey you're on and what you've created has changed you, right? Because that's, excuse me, that's what I discover about myself, is that things that I do or events like what we're embarking on with a new version of technology really to take messages out, it's changing me as it's happening. And I want to ask you, how has this journey so far, how has it changed you? And there's a reason I'm asking, because you've done a lot in your life, you know what I mean? And many people would think, you know, eh, that's James, it's just another thing. But <laughs> I don't think so. No, this is not. Okay. This, this is deeper than anything I've ever done before, probably because... As I said before, Francis got his hooks in me so young, and I saw the value in in true simplicity. I saw the value in deep devotion, all the things that he embodied, and that's why I left home at 18 to become a Franciscan. And now here I am doing this musical, and every time I put on that habit to do the show, I become him. And in becoming him, something very deep shifts inside me. And, and I literally feel, not, not that I'm this 800-year-old person, but the essence of that. that. That would be the best way to describe yeah. it. So I decided that on this tour, from the moment we begin in Portland all the way through New York, kind of like how a method actor, say Daniel Day-Lewis, steps into his character or her character and they don't leave the character for the whole shoot. Like when Daniel Day-Lewis shot Lincoln for Spielberg, for the eight or nine months that they shot that, he was Abraham Lincoln. He, he didn't leave character when he went back to the hotel or wherever oh. he was. Every night, his, his wife slept with Abraham Lincoln. Oh. <laughs> and so what would happen if I, for that whole two-month period, stayed in character, stayed as St. Francis? In my mind, not going around telling people I'm St. Francis. No, I get it. My mind coming from that vibration, from that essence. And I, and I can all, just even thinking about it, I can feel it changing me. And, and here's why, Pat, because yeah. Francis only had one goal, and it was to see if it was possible to do what Jesus said. That's it. Such a revolutionary idea to, to really live it. And in living it, he was actually becoming it. He was pretending to be that which he already was. And when you pretend to be that which you are, then it's a natural progression to come from that experience. So Francis was imitating Jesus. I'll be imitating Francis 
And, and I know that that same reality is going, to awaken, is going to awaken within me. So it's a kind of grand experiment, which, by the way, we'll be shooting. Um, my friend Bill Free, who's coming with us, will have a camera and we'll be shooting the whole thing to put together into a, a little motion picture. Uh, wow. So we can air this. But, you know, to, I really can't answer your question because it's so big. The, the, the shifts and the changes have been so monumental in my life already. And I haven't even begun the tour. But I, the reason I ask is because things happen and I think for a lot of us, you know, we may go through our lives every day like as if, oh, just another day. But there are things that can touch us that can change us. And then the next question is, and this is really, you know, what I want to talk to you about here is then the next question is we're given an opportunity to do something. Right. I mean, if you think about it, um, one of my favorite quotes, biblical quotes, is faith without works is dead. And one of my favorite quotes, because I went, my mom used to say, my stepmom used to say that to us girls all the time, but none of us had a clue about what she was talking about. Mm -hmm. It just sounded kind of cool. But then I got a little bit older and I understood it. Uh, But in this lifetime, I think we're being given enormously creative ideas to solve enormously uh, and extraordinary issues in our world. Mm -hmm. What do you think? First of all, I thought Lenin was correct. I thought that that's the solution to everything that we're experiencing. I mean, we look out at the world today, we say, what the heck is going on? We are heading in such a dramatic and difficult direction. It's, it's almost hard to believe that, that we could turn this quickly in such a direction. But it was the same thing that happened at the time of Francis. And there were, I mean, Francis, for example, uh, I'll tell you two stories. First yeah. of all, Francis, uh, the, the closest city was Perugia. And there were always these battles between these city-states, and Assisi was always at odds with Perugia. So the Assisians mounted an army. Francis was a, a, a noble part of that to try and battle the Perugians, and they were slaughtered. All of the noblemen, the soldiers, were captured and thrown into prison so that they could be ransomed. And Francis stayed there for a whole year before he finally got out. And that was the beginning of his transformation because his heart was cracked open. Yeah. And and we find ourselves in very similar situation just the battles the, the 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 polarization we're more polarized than ever and we we just can't seem to see eye to eye well here's another eye to eye that happened in the life of francis and this is the 800th anniversary of this i mentioned that francis was the first interreligious peacemaker yeah, and here's yeah. how that happened the crusades were, were going on at that time and uh, the leader of, of the muslim army was the sultan al kamil of egypt and he once said that he would give a Byzantine gold coin to any Muslim who brought him the head of a Christian. That's how serious it was. Yeah. When Francis heard this, he said, I'm going. That's where, I, that's where I need to be. And everyone, including the Pope, said, you can't. You'll be captured, tortured, and killed. And he said, it doesn't matter. I need to, like you said, it's not just about faith. I need to follow the direction of my soul. Yeah. I need to move into action. So he and another brother, Illuminato, went. It took them three times to finally get there. They were immediately captured and tortured and sentenced to die. 
And there they were in prison, just laughing and celebrating. And the Sultan was so curious and he wanted to make sport of this weird Italian. So he, he brought there a lot of those. <laughs> so he, he gave Francis an audience and, and we don't know what happened, but we, we do know that the Sultan, his enemy was so moved by this little guy that he not only let Francis and Illuminato live, but let him preach throughout the whole Muslim area. So these are examples. And, and we, we have to remember that Francis lived right at the end of what we now call the Dark Ages. Yeah. He was a major inspiration for another age that came right after. Do you know what that was? The Renaissance. Yeah. All of the great artists and musicians and poets, they were all inspired by Francis of Assisi. He was a major part of it. So I believe that even though things seem so polarized and so dark right now, that if enough of us, like Vladimir Lenin said, completely dedicate ourselves in our own way, you're not going to do it like I do it. You're not going to travel penniless across the country. But if, if you commit yourself completely to this and to this simple path, I believe we're going to prove that Lenin was right and that that is what's going to take to turn this world around. Yeah. And, you know, we're starting to get a sense of it in many, many ways. You know, one of the things is just listening to you and then watching you, of course, you know, for all of you here, um, the journey that you're taking and being able to follow you on that journey. And then also, you know, looking at going from one end of the country to the other and then in between. It really is symbolic in many ways when we talk about journey, when we talk about footwork, you know, when we talk about stepping out in ways that most of the time we don't know that we can even go. We don't really have a sense uh, of sorts of what we're capable of. And I want to talk to you about that. There's no mistake, as I said before, that that prayer became the bedrock of the, you know, the step that we look at. And, you know, when you look about this, that prayer and meditation, if you look at the 11th step and you take a look at that, that this becomes a bedrock. This is the prayer that brings people to their knees. Yeah. You know, even after 10 other steps or whatever it is you're going through to go to another level in your life, this is the one that allows us to truly have a sense of humility because I think the prayer is humbling, James. What do you think? Well, humility is the key, isn't it? Yeah. We're, we're asking to be made into an instrument of peace. One of the things that I always say is that an instrument like this, this, by the way, is my new baby. It's a Venezuelan cuatro. And this is the instrument I'll be bringing with me on the, the wow. tour. But whatever the instrument is, it can't play itself. And we have to realize that we can't play ourselves. We need to surrender, to be humble, in order to be played, to be an instrument of peace. If we think that we can play ourselves, it's like this instrument imagining that music's coming from it, but the strings aren't vibrating. And mm -hmm. the strings of our heart don't vibrate unless we surrender, unless we give everything, unless we allow that to come through us. And that takes humility. And, and that's why it's such an important part of the 12-step program. I'm going to say something to you here, though, that may shock and even sadden you. Many people are very sad when they hear this. Francis did not write the prayer of St. No, I know that. 
<laughs> if, if you if you want to see a room bust out <laughs> into know. controversy was standing up and saying hey i just want to give you a little insight you know there's a place over on the east coast called high watch and it's over there and it's it's right now high watch you know it was a place that was one of the first rehab centers in the united states and there was a sister there, Sister Frances, who had a real sister called Emma Curtis Hopkins. And somehow the prayer of St. Francis was there. And by the way, that actually wasn't part of Catholicism. And it actually came from this almost Christian science, new thought, Emma Curtis Hopkins really promoted it, the whole thing, but it didn't come there. And so people are like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> How dare you? And as a matter of fact, I shared that once. I was asked to give a talk. And a woman that had 29 years of service decided to leave the program. Oh, no. But the deal oh, that no. I want to say about this is that people don't know. Let's tell them where it did come from. And then the question is, it really doesn't matter, right? No, first, first of all, no one knows who actually wrote it. And, and, and you're, you're giving me a piece that I didn't even know. The only thing I knew is that it was printed uh, on a holy card at one point. They had a picture of Francis on it in the back that said a simple prayer. But I, I'm not at all, I don't doubt at all that it came from a new thought tradition because that was very big. <laughs> that, that was a transcendental time. And, and it has all the makings of a new thought prayer. Uh, yeah. But been accepted by by people of every tradition but when people hear you know hear me say as you heard well saint francis himself did not write this they're shocked yeah however francis did write one of the most beautiful prayers ever and, yeah. and it's very famous and it's the same title as my musical brother sun sister moon or canticle of the creatures he wrote it on his his deathbed it was the first thing ever yeah. really written in the language that we now know as italian uh and so very few people know the prayer that he actually did write but everyone is shocked when they hear that the prayer that they thought he wrote he didn't and you know symbolic of that you, you know for somebody like me i grew up in the catholic church thinking that mary wrote the hail mary <laughs> okay so i i'm just saying a little bit off the wall maybe i am a little bit but i really did i mean it wasn't i don't know at what point in time the news flashed happened and i was crushed i was so devastated with the realization when I asked the question, like, where did that come from, right? right. And I, I mean, as a little kid, to think that here we are, the Mother Mary wrote the prayer, and you're like saying the prayer, and then you find out it didn't. But here's the thing I want to ask you about. Well, first off, the message is what we've got to hold on to. Yeah. The message. And that prayer has saved more lives oh, yeah. than you and I can imagine. Oh yeah. Do you think it has the ability that one? And of course, I don't know if you're gonna if you're gonna share the the real prayer that Saint Francis actually I did create. I could. <laughs> could you do it, or would I be scooping your play? No, would you want to share that? Musical. The oh, uh, the the canticle of the creatures is not actually in the musical. <gasps> oh my god! Do you want to share it now? 
Sure. And to, to answer your question, the, the, all of these prayers have the power to transform yeah. us if we live them. If we just say the words, nothing happens. But, but if we take them in and say, this is what I want more than anything. I want to be an instrument of peace. I want to see the, the face of the beloved reflected in, in all creatures. That's what the canticle of the creatures mm. is all about. It's about honoring God through brother sun and sister moon and sister air and brother fire. And, and this is perfect, St. Francis. So this is what we might call the real prayer of St. Francis. I have, I've never played it on the quattro, so if I'll see if I can do it. Most high, all powerful, good Lord, my own. To you, do they each belong? To you, beloved. First, my Lord, is brother's son who brings the day and sends the light. How radiant in his splendor, how beautiful your sight. And all praise to you through Sister Moon. And all her stars so fair. She reflects the light that you offer her and then returns to your sacred care. As for brother wind and sister air, you cherish what you have made. The love you bring is all we need. So renew our hearts, we pray. Blessings are true, each one of them you are creating reflects the light that is found in you, most high, all powerful, good Lord. I am home. Mm. You know, this is really moments like this, James. Moments like this reminds me of why people like you and people like me and the people listening to this show are so passionate about creating and becoming powerful, positive change agents in the world. I think it's the thing that inspires us 
to go beyond that which we can see or that which we can be. And that's what you've done. I want to thank you for today. Would you please one more time, let folks know how they can get a copy of the book, mm -hmm. how they can follow you uh, with the musical. And then last question is, I'd love to know your personal message. Okay. Well, for the book Giovanni and the Camino of St. Francis, you can buy it anywhere. But if you go to the website, jimmytwyman at gmail.com, uh, you'll get a lot of free gifts if you buy the book there. Uh, and uh, that's also where you can see the link that'll take you to the site for the musical. Uh, you can see the schedule there and get information. Oh, and I should say, you can watch the first 20 minutes of the musical. Yeah. Yeah. I just performed it in a CZ a few weeks ago and we had it shot professionally and you can see the first 20 minutes of the St. Francis musical right there. Uh, and everything I think you need is there. And if you're, if, if I'm coming to your city, we would love to see you. Uh, and my personal message, you know, um, the, the, I won't share the song, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you where this song, this is the song that I end the musical with. I was in prayer once and, and I asked uh, this question of the beloved of the Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call that. What's the most important thing for me to know or to do right now? And the message came this, and I wrote a song around it, but the message was stay simple, stay humble, and stay awake. And to me, that's it. That's the most powerful lesson we can embody and share, to be simple, to be humble, and to wake up and stay awake so that we can play the important role that each one of us came here to play. James, thank you so much for today. I also want to mention to folks that when they go to, the, to your website uh, to find out about stfrancismusical.com, there are opportunities for all of you listening to volunteer. So please take a look at that again. Uh, and uh, as we've said earlier, is inspiration is wonderful. Inspiration into action is transformative. Thank you, James, for everything. Thank you, Dr. Pat. Great to be here again. Wow. We're going to be following James. Thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on. So much here that he is done and is doing. I hope you all really pass this on, tell your friends, and let's do this together. We can create the miracles of St. Francis. We'll see you next time.